Father, we want that to be true of our hearts this day. We want our hearts to sing no other name, not our own name, not the name of anybody else, not the name of any other thing. We want our hearts to celebrate Jesus and only Jesus, who is the only way to the Father, the only name under heaven by which we will be saved, our only Redeemer, our only Savior, our only Creator. Nothing that has been created has been created apart from Him. And so we lift up the name of Jesus. We want our hearts to sing only His name. And so Jesus, this morning, be honored in us, be honored among us, be honored in this place and in our worship. We lift you up and celebrate you. Where a smile comes to our face, a joy in our heart when we think about you and we thank you, Jesus, for your love, for your grace. Uh, you are good. You are good. And we run into your arms this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a seat. Good morning. How are you? Everybody all right? Okay. Excellent. Great to be with you today. Um, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. We're going to look at a new person today as our story continues. And this guy's name is Enoch. Don't we have a tribe of Enoch? Yes? Do we? All right. Awesome. This is a cool cat. We don't know very much about him, but the Bible tells us what, they, what the Bible thinks as Moses wrote the old, uh, first five books of the Old Testament, inspired by God. Um, God told Moses, hey, I, I want you to write about Enoch. He lived a long time before Moses, and we don't have much information about him, but what we have is the most important part, okay? So we're gonna read Hebrews and then go back to Genesis. Hebrews verse 11, chap chapter 11, verse five, is what uh, it says, by faith... Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up, for he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Look at verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. That last little phrase, God is a rewarder of those who seek him, say uh, two things. That God, when you seek him, he wants to be found, okay? God is not ever trying to hide from us, ever. Even though it feels that way sometimes. God is never trying to hide from us. So when we seek after God, he says, I'm right here, I'm right here, I want you to find me. And he brings good things with him. He brings rewards and joy and goodness every time we seek him. You need to see that. The story is Enoch. He was taken up. We're about to read that. He was taken up because he walked with God. And it was by his faith that God took him up. And it says, faith is what God is after. Without your faith, it's impossible to please him. And so we'll see that in just a second. All right? You got it? Now let's go back to Genesis. We'll be in Genesis chapter 5 this time. Moving on in our story. And you need to know, um, as you turn to Genesis 5, or you look at it up on your screen in just a second, that uh, we, where, where we've been. What we saw yesterday morning is one of the most important uh, passages, I think, in our entire Bible, when we talked about Genesis chapter 3. And we saw the 
enemy and the winner, okay? He's already won, by the way. We're just waiting for the time to run out, okay? He's already won the battle. God has. Jesus has. He's already won. The story is written in the end as it was already happened, although we have time to play it out because God says, I want people, men and women, that's you. He wants people, men and women, everywhere to come to faith before history is over and judgment comes and eternity begins. So he is delaying for the sake of us. So we've heard about the winner. We've heard about the enemy. Do you remember the enemy strategy? You remember what he does? They, were, they all started with T. Do you remember? First, he took the form of something good. You remember? He twisted the words of God, and then he comes and tempts us. And by tempting us, he wants us to walk away from God. That's the purpose of temptation, to separate us from God, okay? So he took the form of something good. He never comes scary. He always comes attractive. He twists the words of God. Remember, he says, hey, God doesn't want, God's a bully. He doesn't want you to have any fun. Come with me and it'll be fun, right? Uh, And then he tempts you to pull you away from God. Remember that because that's going to play out in the story of Enoch. Now in Genesis chapter 5, let's look at Enoch in verse 21. This is all the information we have about him, all right? Enoch, he lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. And he had other sons and daughters, So all the days of Enoch were 375 years, 65 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. You got that? Enoch lived 65 years, became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years. After he became the father of Methuselah, he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For God took him. It's a very interesting phrase, what we have in our, in our Hebrew Bible there. It says that Enoch was walking with God. It says that twice in that couple of verses that we read, you see it in your Bible or up on the screen, he walked with God, and then he walked with God. He says that. What does that mean? I have a friend, one of my um, best friends, his name is Ben, and he uh, is an adventurer. He does crazy things that I sort of, I, I, I would do, uh, but I've never had an opportunity to do, okay? One of them, I think it was Mount Rainier up in Washington where he climbed with a friend. He had never really climbed a mountain before. That's a pretty easy mountain to climb is what I hear. You don't have to be an expert to climb it, but he had never done this before, so you walk up the trail most of the way, and then you head into the snow, and you head to the top. This is my friend telling the story, and he said, I'd never been here before. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have all the proper gear, but uh, we were doing this anyway, and he he said the guy who was going before me had known uh, how to do this. He had done this before. He had climbed Mount Rainier before. And as I was trying to stumble my way, we were getting into snow and thicker snow and thicker snow and deeper snow. And my friend in front of me, uh, this is Ben talking, he says, my friend in front of me would put his foot down and he would make a hole. And then he would put his foot down and he would make a hole. And he said, Ben, just put your foot where my foot was and you'll be fine. You won't stumble. You won't fall in a hole. Just put your foot where my foot was and you'll be fine because I'm paving the way for you, all right? 
I, I did that with my, uh, my best friend, uh, Andrew, my son, a couple of years ago when we went to Durango, Colorado. The only time he's ever seen snow, it was kind of a poor excuse for snow. Uh, it was like that stuff you get at a, at a cheap snow cone stand, right? It was like chipped ice. It wasn't really snow. But as we were walking through it, it got a little slushy. It got little, and I was doing the same thing. I didn't think about it. I was doing the same thing with him. I'm like, okay, and I'm making a spot. I'm making another spot. And we were having a great time. I'm just trying to put your foot where my foot was. And you'll be safe as we walk through. We're having a great time. This was not work. It was fun. I said, put your foot where my foot was. Because we were slipping all over the place. Walking with God is the same way when the Father goes before us. Our God in heaven goes before us and says, the best way for you to live, the most joyful, the most fun, the most meaningful, the most purposeful, the most fun you will ever have is you to put your foot where my foot is. And then take a step with me and put your foot where my foot is. This is what Enoch did. Look, he walked with God 300 years. Verse 22. And then verse 24. Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. I got a couple of things real quick I want to tell you this morning. Uh, because I'm asking and begging you to decide today to walk with God. And a lot of you are thinking, yeah, sounds cool. That phrase is not scary to me. I've heard that before in church. Maybe you've read this passage before about Enoch. What in the world does that mean? What does that look like? What does it mean to walk with God? How do I do that? Okay? Uh, I want to describe that to you in biblical ways, but in a very practical way. i got two words for you to learn today that teaches you how to walk with God. And uh, it's real simple, although the reality of it, because we live in a broken, fallen world, which you've been talking about, is difficult, right? First thing I want you to know is that walking with God is only for sons and daughters. Okay? This is where we get into trouble a little bit. Because walking with God is about... Um, following in his footsteps. It's about obedience, which we'll talk about in just a second. And some of us confuse relationship with God, as in salvation, with obedience. And we say, if I do this, then I'm safe, and I'm saved. If I step where he stepped, then I'm saved, and I'm saved. And if I fall off, oh, wait a second, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not saved. What's going on? I want you to know that's a misunderstanding. Walking with God is for sons and daughters. And sons and daughters like a, like Enoch and like we just read in Hebrews happens by faith, right? There's only one condition for us to be adopted as sons and daughters, for us to have a relationship with Jesus. It is by faith, by grace that you have been saved through your faith. This not of yourselves, not of works so that you can't boast. That includes being obedient. It's not about walking in line, staying on a tightrope with God. And so first we establish a relationship with Him by faith through Jesus. Then after that, we get the beauty, the beauty, the beautiful adventure of walking with Him. You understand? So walking with God is for sons and daughters. So if you're sons and daughters, here's how, here's how walking with God looks. It's really about two words. If you can remember these two words, and we'll explain it to you, um, I think that you'll be ahead. You'll understand a lot of your scripture when it comes to walking with God. First word is listen. It's really difficult. The first word is listen. And what I mean by listen is you need to be in a place in your life 
where you hear the voice of God. And you're saying, okay, great. Um, I've never heard the voice of God. Uh, I've never had experience like Enoch. I've never had experience like Abraham where I'm just walking along and all of a sudden this voice comes out of heaven. Abraham. And I'm like, well, uh, God, is that you? Like, that's never happened to me. I've never, uh, the shower head has never spoken to me. I've never had a dream. Uh, thunder never came out of a blue sky and called my name. That's not what I'm talking about when it comes to the voice of God. That happened in reality and still can happen, understand me. But God has given us an amazing gift in His Word. And in the alive Word of God, the Son of God, Jesus, while He was on earth, right? He's called the Word of God. And this is called the Word of God. And I want you to know, this, right here, you can buy it for $19.95 Walmart. Okay? So you don't think it's very special. But I want you to know, this right here, the words of this inspired book is unlike any other book. And this is the primary way that God gives us His voice. And so, if part of walking with God is to listen, a big part of walking with God is this right here. And let's be honest with each other. Most of you don't like reading this. It's a chore. You feel like it's a thing that's held over your head. Oh, I haven't read my Bible in a long time. People always talk about reading my Bible. And I haven't, so I feel like a failure. And so if I feel like a failure, I must not be, a, I must not be saved. I must not be doing well. I'm not walking with God. Okay? Reading your Bible uh, actually has nothing to do with being saved. There are people who uh, believe in Jesus and have faith in Jesus who don't ever have a Bible. Don't even have one in their language. Okay? But it's a gift. It's important. It's definitely in English. Most of you speak English here, so I think we're good. We're covered. All right? But I don't want you to think this is, man, this is another talk about reading my Bible. Uh, and I'm not really good at that. I'm not really interested in it. Um, what I'm trying to tell you today is uh, not another chore. I'm not trying to smack you on the knuckles with a ruler. Okay? Like a nun or something. I grew up in Catholic school, so that happened to me. Alright? I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to tell you that if you want to walk with God, and that is your purpose as a son and daughter, if you want to walk with God, you got to be able to listen to Him. you got to be able to hear His voice in order to listen. And in order to hear God's voice, you got to be in this. And I want you to know this is joy. It's not work. Sometimes it's work to get to the joy. Do you understand? But when you get to the joy, it washes away the work. This is the most critical thing for you. The course of the rest of your life. I shared this with you last year and the year before if you were here. In the same words I'm about to say, because I believe it so strongly. This book right here, no matter who you are, what you do, this book, your relationship with this book will determine the course of the rest of your life. It's simply true. Whether you believe it or not, you can sit it on your shelf and deny it, and it will still determine the course of the rest of your life. Or you can try to read it regularly, consistently, believe it, talk to God, ask questions, write a bunch of question marks in your Bible. If you flip through mine, I've had this for a very long time, there's writing on almost every page. If you flip through my Bible, you'll see lots of question marks. 
It doesn't mean that you have to understand it all. There's a process of learning. But in order to listen, you've got to hear God's voice. In order to hear God's voice, you've got to be in this. And it's a jewel. You understand? It will determine the course of the rest of your life. That's the first word, listen. Second comes out of listening. And this is the word I mentioned earlier. Uh, when you listen and hear God's voice and He says, Hey, this is a beautiful thing about it. He will actually say things to you. He will speak right through the words of this. And all of a sudden, it will jump off the page. Black and white will become color. 2D will become 3D. And you'll say, What? What? That's what? That's for me. That's right now. That's what I'm dealing with right now. And God will say, Yes. And He will tell you something. He will ask you to do something. So listen, first word, becomes second word, obey. And that's the word you like even less, okay? Because that's the word you think, oh, now we're getting to it. Now it's all coming down. Scott, the preacher guy, church guy, now we're getting to the two great words that characterize all of I've ever heard about religion. I want you to know, if you put these two words in their proper place, as a son and daughter wanting to walk with God, you will be like Enoch. So listen, and God speaks. And God tells you, God directs you, God asks you questions sometimes. And if He asks you a question, it's a yes or no, and the right answer is yes, then you want to move to the second word, obey. Walking with God, believe it or not, like it or not, is about obedience. It's about obedience. And here's the beautiful part about this. Is when God tells you to say, uh, I, I don't want you to walk this way. I want you to walk this way. It may seem like I'm a bully, but I'm not. Because this way, believe me, this way is the path of life and joy. Don't go this way. You remember what the enemy said? You remember how he twists the words of God? Hey, your God is a bully. He doesn't want you to have any fun. Okay? Did he tell you he couldn't be from any tree in the garden? And Eve's like, uh, no. And then she misunderstood. He can't eat from this tree or even touch it. Nah, God didn't say that. God wants to give you everything. He made everything for you. To enjoy and delight in. But we have an enemy. And God says, I don't want you to follow him. Don't listen to him. He's taking my words and twisting them. He's taking the form of something good. And he's tempting you. Don't go that way. Obey me and walk this way. Because this is better. Trust me. Trust me. And so here's the beautiful part. When you listen to God and you move to obedience. You know what that does? Here it is. Listening. When you listen to God and move to obedience. What does obedience do? It makes you able to hear him better. You hear His voice better. It's clearer. It's more consistent. And then when you hear His voice and you obey, it's easier. And then when you obey, you hear Him better. And then when you listen to Him and obey, it actually becomes easier. Trust me, it does. And then when you obey, His voice becomes louder in your life. And then you move to obey and it becomes easy. You get, you get the point? Do I need to keep going? Uh, when you listen to Him, it becomes louder, His voice. It becomes a joy to read the Bible. It becomes a joy to talk about Him with friends. And then when you listen and hear Him to move to obedience, it's easier. It's awesome. You want to do it. And then you move back to listening. And what the enemy comes to and wants to do is, hey, 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 hey. That's a bunch of hogwash. Don't do that. You've got the bully. There's no life and fun in that. Come on. Fun? Seriously? Fun? 
fun? Fun's over here. Life and meaning are over here. Talk to some friends who have walked a little while longer than you and ask them. Ask them if life's over here. Ask somebody who's lived the life that you're thinking about living. Ask them. Honestly, ask them. Say, how did it turn out for you? When you woke up the next morning, did you feel good? When you woke up the next morning after that, did you feel good about yourself? Was there life and meaning there? If they are honest with you, they will get on their knees and say, no, don't do it. Do not do it. There was no life and meaning here. I was lied to. Life and meaning is somewhere else. I may not know where it is, but it is not here. Because the enemy takes the form of something good. He twists God. He tempts you to come over here because he's, he has nothing to deliver. He cannot deliver on the promises that he makes. The enemy does. All he wants you to do is come away from God, to separate you from where life and meaning and joy is. And to walk with God is to listen and hear him and to obey him and then to listen and obey and listen and obey and listen and obey. I'm telling you, that is where life is as a son and daughter of God. In the time of Jesus, Jesus was called a rabbi because that's a term of leadership. In the time of Jesus, it was a teacher. It meant an instructor. It had nothing to do with um, religion or not. Most rabbis were religious in that time, but they did have these rabbis that were just in schools. They taught science. They taught philosophy, all right? Um, rabbis, as teachers, they always had students. You weren't a rabbi unless you had students. And the students, they didn't have a classroom. They didn't meet in a place like this most of the time. They actually walked around. They walked from city to city, from town to town. And they had a statement back then. They had a blessing for each other. When some student of this rabbi would meet another student of another rabbi in the marketplace, they're getting some raisin cakes or whatever, you know, stocking up on clean water. They would say, hey, how's it going with your rabbi? Great. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I'm doing great. How's it going with you? Oh, awesome. And as they would leave, they would give this blessing. Hey, friend. It sounds weird in our language, but he says, May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And he's like, oh, yeah, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And they're like, really? Okay, okay, thanks. You know, and we were like, it's not cool to be dirty, dusty. What's the deal? But do you understand the point? They walked. Their school was walking. And if you walked in the steps of your rabbi right behind him, what he stepped in, you stepped in. And the dust that he kicked up got on you. And that was a way of saying, may you walk so closely with your rabbi that you're in step with him, that you're in step with him. Everywhere he goes, you go. That's what it means to walk with God, to listen and obey, to listen and obey. You got it? To listen and obey. Those two words are not easy to forget. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. I understand that those may be difficult, not very exciting, but the reality of them is where life is, is where meaning is, is where purpose is, okay? Let me pray for you, uh, and we'll bring Jerome up. Father, thank you for this beautiful text of Enoch, a guy we don't know much about. We just know that he walked with you, walked with you in faith. It was about his heart. It was by his faith that he became a son. And then as a son, he wanted to walk so closely with you that every step you took, he took. 
And he walked so closely with you. He was so close to your heart, Father, that for some reason you just looked down at Enoch and he said, we are so close, I'm just going to skip the funeral, take him right up with me. I'm just going to bring him up because it's just a step away. He's just an inch away from me, and so there's no big deal. I'm just going to take him right up. And I, I pray, Father, that men and women in this place would walk with you that closely. He would hear your voice in our life that loudly, and then we would obey, and then we would hear you more, and then we would obey. And that's by grace, Father. Your word tells us that your grace teaches us and instructs us as a teacher to deny ungodliness and to live righteously and godly. It is by your grace that we do that, and so we're asking you this morning to give us great grace. Fill us with your grace so that we can obey and listen and walk with you. That's our prayer. That's what we want. We say we love you and we thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.